Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And this. You already know what to do. If you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, go ahead and hit that like button. And as well, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit this, uh, hit that red subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Ding. Thank you for that, Ish. And as well, if you are on X or Twitter, you're more than welcome to check us out on Periscope at X Talking Ish as well on my personal page at X underscore Williams 81. I'm about to go ahead and retweet it whenever it wants to decide to pop up on my page. Apparently it doesn't want to do that right now. But anyways, that's what I'm going to go ahead and do for everybody whenever I get a chance to find that link. Anyways, with that being said, we are here, of course, for a week 16 recap show. Um, what a wild weekend of football. Of course, we're going to wrap up most of what everybody wants to talk about not everything because i don't i know most people don't want to relive certain games especially if you are a uh you know maybe a uh, a broncos fan you know losing to the patriots or maybe a chiefs fan losing to the raiders you know teams that you're probably not supposed to lose to but we'll get right into that a little bit before we do that my brother ishmael how are you doing tonight you know doing all right doing all right just making it, making it. You had a big weekend. How are you doing? I did. I did. I had my daughter's birthday party on Sunday. Um, that was fun. Actually, it was, it was really fun. We had a Bluey-themed birthday party. Um, I haven't seen so many kids so excited for Bluey in my life. Um, so that was cool to to be a part of and um, just happy to see my daughter who was happy about the whole you know, celebration and be around family and people that love her and whatnot. We definitely appreciate that. Unfortunately, you weren't able to make it because, of course, it was on Christmas Eve early in the day. And, of course, I know you have things to do, uh, but I know you you definitely sent your, your love over here to our family. So we appreciate y'all as always. Yeah, sir. Let's go. What we usually like to do in here, of course, is recap, um, you know, might start off with Thursday night to, to start off with the the beginning of the week, we might go into Sunday night football. We're just going to get right into the thick of things, right? Let's just go ahead and just start off with the game of the the year, the weekend, whatever you want to call it, the highly anticipated matchup between these two teams, the maybe a Super Bowl 58 preview type of matchup. And I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like it lived up to the hype. Uh, maybe not for the 49ers. But well, the the reason why I'm saying it lives up to the hype is because depending on who you were going for, a lot of people, a lot of people, and of course, a lot of talking heads felt as though that the 49ers were going to win this game and not just win, but win very convincingly and send the Ravens back home to Baltimore with some with a lump of coal in their stocking for Christmas, right? That was not the case at all. Started off a little sloppy for the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But after that, um, you know, after that first half, it seemed as though that it was the Ravens game to pretty much to manage and to control. It seemed as though that, and I don't know about you, I think maybe one time this year I can I would I can think of that the the 49ers were not able to establish 
their dominance on an opposing team. Usually for the 49ers, they're going to impose that defense and they're going to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. And then they're just going to play action you all day with Brandon. I, I mean, with, uh, with Ayuk and also with, with, um, Debo Samuel. Debo, thank you so very uh-huh. much for that. And it just seemed like that was not the case here. Besides the three interceptions in the first half from Brock Purdy, the 49ers were still in this game, right? You know, even uh-huh. with all the turnovers, it wasn't like the Ravens were about 20 points going into halftime. The 49ers were right there. They had the, every opportunity in the world to finish this game out. Um, or sorry, to, to be able to beat the Ravens and to be able to take the lead and, 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 and finish this game at home. That was just not the case at all. Um, the Ravens, and if I'm being honest with you, Ish, they felt disrespected. They used all the motivation from all the talking heads and everybody else that felt as though that they weren't worthy enough to play against this team. And one quote that I definitely uh, gravitated to for Lamar that he said after the game in his post-game conference was, we have grown men on this team too. They're trying to, they're trying to go out here and feed their family. That was it for me. Once he, once he said that, I was just like, you know what? He's not wrong at all. Because one thing I think we definitely forget, not, not me and you, but uh-huh. people that watch football and, you know, casuals, a lot of people forget that just because you lose, you know, certain games or you lose or whatnot, these are these are guys that are still the best of the best. These are professionals, not just the players, but the coaches and management group, right? And a lot of these guys still have pride. You know, you can be – a member of the Patriots right now that's not playing too well, but they showcased their pride over the weekend and found a way to upset a Broncos team, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You know, it's one of those things where you're, we're not going to see too many 0-16 Lions teams, right? It was just it's just one of those things. We're not going to see too many teams like the New England Patriots go undefeated and lose in the Super Bowl, and then the Miami Dolphins have a complete undefeated season. We're not going to see those too often, right? In football, you're going to lose. It's about bouncing back from it. It's about learning from those highs and lows to help you get to the ultimate goal. So with that being said, I think this this game was great for both parties, right? I think mm-hmm. it's great for the 49ers to lick their wounds. And I, I don't think they're going to look back and say, man, we're, we're probably not as good as we thought we were. No, 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 no. I think they feel as though, hey, it was running back. It's running back. We, we don't care if it's in Baltimore or if it's in Vegas or Especially for the way Brock played. Exactly. But here's the here's the, here's the kicker. And I, I want to get and I want to throw this over to you so you can talk and I won't talk for the next 10 more minutes. The biggest the biggest situation and in, in, in nitpicking thing about the 49ers has been Brock Purdy since last season, right? Uh-huh. Was his injury in the NFC championship game and 49ers feeling that feeling as though that if Brock wasn't hurt. We got this game. They were able to get that revenge game in the regular season against the Eagles earlier in the season. And they came up short against the Ravens uh, last night. But it gives the Niners something to build off of and to use that to propel them for the playoff run. I think so. Because if you go into the playoffs, you know, everything's undefeated. Brock Purdy, the golden boy, hasn't thrown all these interceptions. This, that, and third. Sooner or later, Brock is going to have a game. And I talked to Adrian about this just a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't no hate on Purdy. None. It just you Purdy cannot be this consistently good all the time. And he's going to have a game where he's going to have this type of performance. Doesn't mean that he's a trash quarterback. Doesn't mean that he's somebody that you need to go and replace tomorrow. 
That's not the case. Every quarterback in the league has had a bad game from Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Cam Newton, whoever it is. It's the NFL. It's the best of the best. You're going to have a bad game. But it's about bouncing back. And with that being said, Ish, I'll throw it over to you. Tell me your your everything about this game from from the way it started, the way that it ended, post-game. I want to hear your thoughts on all of this. Oh, yeah. No. Um, to pick up where you were kind of um, – where you left off about Brock Purdy, I think we alluded to this last week and we talked about it maybe a little bit um, last week when we were talking about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, it kind of felt like Brock Purdy was pressing – because of the magnitude of the game and because of the expectations placed on the 49ers, right? Um, and I think you said it exactly correct. Maybe they needed a game like this so that you could take some of that pressure off and he could be seen as not necessarily like a normal guy, but you know, seen as the the person that he is. He's a, a young quarterback in this league. He's the conductor running. of the offense. Yeah, he's the conductor of the offense. He's not necessarily going out here. They're not the offense isn't designed around him. Um, and I think some of the conversations we started to have made it seem as if like he was the reason, the sole reason they were in the position they were in. And I think maybe he felt some of that pressure, especially again. The magnitude of this game, it was built up as maybe a, a preview of the Super Bowl. So obviously you're going to go into this game, um, you know, emotions are going to be high. You're gonna, The pressure is going to be high. You're going to want to perform. And um, I think it just kind of got to him a little bit. I think that he, he just pressed a little bit more than he needed to press. So I'm not too worried if I'm the 49ers. I think it can't be worse than that, right? Like, you got to be thinking to yourself, it can't be worse than that to throw those four interceptions and to still be in the game for most for most of it. You got to feel like, hey, if we have a better game, if Brock plays a better game, we're probably in this game. We might even win this game. Um, for the Ravens, I mean, I saw a lot of good things. And I don't want to overreact on either side. The reason why I say that is because for the Ravens, I did see a lot of good things. I did see some things that were still concerning for me, for me, especially when we're talking about Lamar Jackson and some of the throws he was making outside of the pocket, although he played an amazing game. Uh, I'm thinking about those four interceptions and thinking if those four interceptions don't happen um, the next time you guys play and it's a closer game, you know, are you still able to do some of the things that you did and I think they would. Um, but one of the things that you pointed out and that a lot of people are talking about is how disrespected they felt. And I feel like they wore that on their sleeve in this game. They were out there to prove a point. Um, they used all of the talk throughout the week as bulletin board material. And they definitely went out there and laid it all out there. The problem that I see with that, the problem I have with that is... Is that going to be the case next game? Are you going to have that same? Are you going to have that same fire next game? Are you going to be able to find that same fire next game? I don't know, and it'll be interesting to see. We have a guest on our show who comes on regularly, who talks about it all the time when he played arena football. It's hard to beat a team twice, three times, even four times in a season. It's just it's hard, mm -hmm. but. If a team can do it, the Ravens definitely can with the makeup that they have on defense. 
and on offense with most likely the MVP favorite. And if everything goes correctly in the next two more weeks, if he plays well, he could be two-time MVP uh, in this league, which, again, that's no problem at all. The unfortunate thing about winning MVP over the last 24 years, dating or 25 years, dating back to 99 or Kurt Warner, there's only been two quarterbacks that have won the regular season MVP and then going on to win the Super Bowl that same year. That was Kurt Warner in 99, and that was Mr. Patrick Mahomes in 02. So, I'm sorry, in 2022, my apologies. So, it's not that he can't do both. He can, he can go win the MVP and he can go win the Super Bowl this year. It's like we've talked about, and I, I should say I've talked about since day one with Lamar Jackson is – we're not judging you off a of regular season success anymore. Uh-huh. It's about those big game moments in the postseason. I was talking to my cousin on Twitter, and he mentioned that Lamar does this in big games. He shows up. It's hard for people to uh, pretty much put a stop to him in big games. And then I rebuttal and asked him, what do you consider a big game? And he said, a big game like last night. I said, okay, are you asking about regular season or postseason? About the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> what about playoffs? Or That's what I'm getting at. Super Bowls already. That's where I'm getting at because, again, this is no knock on Lamar. And Lamar, hey, if you want to use this as a bulletin board material, you're more than welcome to because I want to see you on a Super Bowl. You know, I, for whatever reason, when we talk about Lamar or certain athletes – in football, a lot of people feel as though that we're hating on them, and that's just not the case at all. I'm just trying to be objective about how I view these athletes from my point of view. I think Lamar can go win the Super Bowl, and if anything, this is the best year to go and do it. The way this defense is playing, uh-huh. the wide receiver group, they're bet they're they're okay, right? I would say I would say maybe like a B minus C C. You know, it's not it's not great, it's not horrible. They get they they've been getting the job done. So, you know, we, that can't be used as an excuse when we get late into the playoffs and maybe even a Super Bowl. Um, you know, so for the Ravens, it's can you stay healthy these next couple of weeks? If you get that number one seed, you get an opportunity to take a break for a week, get everybody rested up once again, and then everything runs through Baltimore. And if you can't capitalize on that opportunity for this year, you know, ish, you know this, we know this you know, firsthand, it's hard to win anything, no matter what league you're in. And there's no guarantees at all that you'll be back, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you have the opportunity to do it now, you better you capitalize it. on it. Yes, sir. Anything else you had to say about this game before we move on this? Um, there was one thing I thought about when you said it that, um, you know, I, I'm just thinking about it and you're saying like, hey, you got to take this opportunity um it, this the ravens they know about injuries slowing the team down they've had it happen um a number of times now and you just got to be looking at this team and thinking stay healthy please yep. stay healthy yep. because this team has had bad fortunes and you would hate to see something happen to just slow their momentum down because right now they have all the momentum in the world um and momentum is a big thing especially going into the playoffs um with this defense playing the way they they're playing um by far they're the best team right now on the afc side um i think there are some teams that are close behind 
Um, but by far, they're the best team. The other teams in the AFC, unfortunately, just it's the consistency part. Yeah. You know, one uh, week we see the Dolphins could put up 70 or 50 or whatever, and then the next week you lay a dud, you know, lose to the Tennessee Titans. Uh-huh. The Kansas City Chiefs. Don't even know, talk about those pretenders. No, I mean, I, I can't call them – I can't n- throw them out because when postseason, com- when postseason play gets here, they have another switch. Now, that's, yet to, that's yet to be seen without Eric Bieniemy. We'll have to see how things play out this year without EB. But right now, you still got Patrick Mahomes. You still got Andy Reid. I understand the stuff that went on in the sideline. We'll talk about that a little bit. You know, might be some cause for concerns, but we'll talk about that shortly. Greg says people got in their feelings about what Cam Newton said about Brock Purdy. At least for this game, he was proven right. Again, like we talked about on the show, being a game manager doesn't mean you're a bad quarterback. It doesn't mean that you're trash. It just means that you don't lose the game for the other team. So then a little bit more than that, but it's just stop stop making game manager make it seem like it's such a bad thing. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another game manager, Mr. Dak Prescott, and also Tua Tagovailoa, who Cam Newton said that, you know, again, two guys that are game managers and hit his eyes. And, again, if you're you're all being honest, they kind of are. Again, Tua without Tyree Hill is a completely different quarterback. Just being honest, and mm-hmm. Dak Prescott again. Don't matter who you put around him, you can put a whole bunch of number ones. You can put up a guy like Amari Cooper next to him, who just who just received for two hundred fifty yards against the Texans uh, on Sunday, and he's still gonna find a way to nut up in the playoffs. So again, we'll we'll leave the Cam Newton stuff alone. But until you guys show us otherwise, you guys are still in that that realm of being game managers. Anyways, Cowboys, Dolphins, I did pick the Dolphins to win this game. Like I said in the pregame show, it had nothing to do with the Cowboys being trash or or whatever. It just has everything to do with I just felt as though that the Dolphins were going to get them one. They ended up, of course, doing that. But I think the Cowboys are poised and ready to make a playoff run. I, I think, if anything, they're, they're, they're salivating. They're licking their chops. I think they're just ready to create a new chapter with this group of guys to show everybody that they're not the last 10, 15, 25 years of Cowboys to where they can get the job done. Um, again, shout out to the Dolphins for taking care of business at home. This was a very, I think, a, a very convincing and, and and I would say my part, not convincing, but a, a win that you can look back on and say, that's a quality. That's a quality win, right? Uh-huh. Um but for the, again, for the Cowboys, they need to finish it out the next two weeks of the season. I want to say they have them double check on the schedule right quick. If you don't mind being patient with me, let me double check. <laughs> All right. So they have Lions and the Commanders. So that's the, yes, that's the next game that I forgot that they were talking about. That's that's going to be another big game this Saturday uh, in, in Dallas. The Lions will be at Cowboy Stadium. And I think that, so that game is very interesting. Because the Cowboys was that game. You go now you fall down to 10 and 6. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it's now I'm a little concerned. Now I'm a little concerned mainly because of you're kind of skidding, right? You know, you're a loser. You you would then lose, then have lost three games in a row. You finish off the season playing against the commanders, which should be a winnable game that should hopefully allow you to go into the playoffs with a win. But I've seen it before where teams go in with a two-game winning streak. Maybe even three game win streak and lose lose week one. So it, that really doesn't matter as 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 well. It's just about playing your best ball at the right time and being healthy. 
I think the Cowboys at least have the health part, haven't had too many significant injuries. It's just can they get this ball back rolling again in their favor that to allow them that playoff success ish? Um, I think that's always been the question, or for the past couple of years, um, many years now, that's always been the question about the Cowboys. What can you do in the playoffs? When we come playoff time, what are you able to do? Are you able to live up to the hype? Are you able to meet the expectations? Are you able to fulfill the potential that a lot of these players have on this team? Um, and that we've been talking about for years now, um, mainly looking at Dak Prescott. So that's obviously going to be the same storyline going into this year. I think the division title was it was a slim chance. Now it's going to be a lot harder to um, get that division title. So now you're looking at going in as a wild card, going on the road, and it's all going to depend on the matchup, right? Um, you got Detroit that you're going to be playing soon. You could end up in Detroit potentially, um, and have to go to Detroit and play them. If the playoffs started right now, they would play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and I mean – I think that's a winnable game. They would take that. They would take – I think should. they would definitely take that. They right? should. But we've we've seen it before. We we saw it just a couple years ago where they played against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Bucs. Again, I know Baker Mayfield's not Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. But they they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before in playoffs and was not able to be successful. Yeah, but I, I mean, you also got to think about it from this standpoint. Like, that Tampa Bay team is an interesting team because they're slightly over, they're like, they're they're slightly overperforming at the moment. Let's just be honest. Oh, I'm here for Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they're going to kind of be happy to be there. <laughs> I hate no, I to say you. it. I think they're professionals. I think that they're going to go out there. They're going to try to win games. But I do think part part of it is going to be they're just going to be happy to be there, right? Especially somebody like Ty Bowles when there is a lot of pressure on him, a lot of like – We talked about it all offseason long. We were joking but very serious about this. Ty Bowles could be fired by the middle of the season. And Ty Bowles could actually lead this team to the playoffs-ish. I mean, that that right there in itself, you got to give Ty Bowles his credit. And we need – I mean, just I would be the first one to say I, I need to stop disrespecting. And it wasn't really about Todd Bowles himself as a coach. Mm-hmm. It was really the the situation that he was in. I just felt like Tampa Bay as a team wasn't going to be, you know, talented wise on both sides of the ball. But be, and also, too, because they play in such a crappy division that maybe helped as well, too. But overall, I think I think everything played a part of Tampa Bay success right now when it comes to Baker has a chip on his shoulder. Todd Bowles has a chip on his shoulder. Mike Evans have a chip on his on his shoulder because he didn't get his contract that he wants. You know, the defense, I think they wanted to prove a lot as well on that defensive side. So for Tampa, again, if they meet up with the Cowboys, it's a home game. Let's let's just say, let's just say it's raining, right? That that definitely could change everything. You know, whose whose run game is, is going to prevail. Uh, and and not going to allow a 300, 400 yard performance by either Dak or or Baker. You know, it's that's one thing about football. It's not playing on paper. You know, once that once that that that, that clock starts, and all of a sudden you thought it was going to be sunny and 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 rainbows, and all of a sudden it's it's a dirty and ugly game. Who's going to come out victorious uh, after that game has started? Greg says on YouTube. It's a time of the year where the Cowboys start messing up. It never fails. They're a good team, but I don't trust them. 
I understand what you're saying on that, Gray, because if I'm being honest with you, I kind of compare the Cowboys to James Harden. Well, to Lamar Jackson. I'm, to, but I got one more team for I'm you. I'm listening. I'm listening. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins going to get a playoff, though. You got yeah, but that's that's what's interesting to me, right? Because this game was an interesting game because we've been waiting for a long time for the Miami Dolphins to beat some of these better teams. Yeah. Every year we're we're always saying like, oh, this is the year they're gonna make the playoffs. This year yep, they're gonna yep. win the AFC East, and then they never quite do it. They yep. always find some way to drop the ball, and so it's always been the same thing with them, right? Like, okay, when are you guys? You always seem close to like getting over that hump. When are you actually gonna get over the hump? And this year it looks like they're gonna get over the hump as far as making the playoffs, winning the division. But then you're looking at it and you're like, are they going to be able to really compete in the playoffs? I mean, to me right now, they're clearly the second best team in the AFC. I think they're close to Baltimore. The problem is, and the question is, can they do it in the playoffs? Because they haven't even really made the playoffs. And now – like we're automatically going to throw them into maybe AOC championship game. We haven't seen it from them. So like they're in the same boat as the Cowboys. We're waiting to see, like, are you going to be for real? We know you got the talent. We know you could be there, but when it comes down, push comes to shove, are you going to be there? Cause the, the bills are surging right now. And as much no. as we have been talking about the struggles of the bills, I agree. You could end up playing the team that, Hey, the Bills have done it. They've been there a couple times now. Yeah, you could play the Bills and end up losing to your own division rival. And now yeah. we over here looking like Miami. You were the, you were supposed to make the AFC Championship game and give Baltimore a run for their money. So I mean, as much as I was excited about this win for Miami because it's like, yes, you finally beaten a really good playoff team. Um, it's more of the same for me because it's more of Dallas not quite doing what they're supposed to do at this time of year. And it's not really a statement for Miami because we, now we're waiting to see what you're going to do in the playoffs. 100% agree on that one. Is we'll see how that all plays out for Miami. Let's let's uh, go to a very random. It's going to be a very random game, but I got to talk about it because oh. I mean, ser- on a serious oh. note, what a performance! What a performance from Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper. I mean, turning back the hands of time. For both of those guys, I mean, I thought it was a 2011 again for a second. I mean, these two guys were balling. Obviously, Mark Cooper was was back in Alabama, but that's my, my point is is that um, I don't know about you, Ish, but maybe Dallas is kind of kicking themselves for letting Mark Cooper go. Oh. And again, I know you have to pay him. I, I I know that that's something that Jerry probably didn't want to do, and. You know, you saw the emergence of C.D. Lamb. You had Michael Gallup. You know, you, you got guys. I understand that. But Mark Cooper still that, still that dude, right? And he definitely showcased it once again against the Texans. Now, I understand the Texans had a lot of injuries on defense. And I'm not about to make it seem like the Texans, you know, had all their cards there. But at the end of the day, you got to play with who you got. And obviously, CJ Stroud also is in concussion protocol still, wasn't able to play this game. Um, so, it really was the battle of the backups. But Joe Flacco is not playing like a backup quarterback right now. He's not a backup. Let's I not mean, count he, him as a backup. Not at all. Yeah, he's three and one as a starter for the Browns since he's joined the Browns. And I know he joined the team a lot late in the season. But if he played at probably around half the halfway point of the NFL season, he probably could be thrown in there for MVP conversation. 
I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying he's going to even be top five for this year. I'm just saying if he would have started around week nine, week 10. Man, different story. Yeah, and the way that this Browns team has been able to rally around, you know, Joe and the offense and the defense, I mean, every it's just been a perfect storm for the Browns right now. Um, I haven't looked at their remaining schedule, but let me take a look because – at the moment, if the playoffs started right now, they are the five seed, and they would take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, the last two games of the season they have are at home against the Jets and on the road against the Bengals, two very winnable games. And if that is the case, um, they unfortunately probably will stay at that five seed due to Baltimore most likely will win the division. But – they do not want I me. Mean, uh, who, who I said earlier, uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars do not want to see the Browns. Oh. Jacksonville Jaguars are not equipped to take on this Browns team at all. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has not played his best ball in the second half of the season. Um, and the Browns are the reason why Trevor Lawrence got hurt a couple weeks ago. Um, so if we were to run that back again, look, I'm not saying that the Browns are going to go in there and smash about 20, 30 points. But if the Jacksonville Jaguars are not able to establish their offensive game plan and get the ball to Calvin Ridley, you know, get the ball out quickly to where Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence is not holding on to the ball, it can be a very, very long day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ish. Uh, 100%. This game was very interesting because the Texans are still in the hunt for playoffs, still in the hunt for division title. And to me, even with all the injuries and everything, this was a measuring stick. Are you actually a team that if you're able to get in the playoffs, can we expect something from you? Do you have the guys on on this roster that's going to be able to make noise? Because come this time of year, one thing that is for sure is everybody's banged up. So there are going to be situations come playoff time, come the last two games of the season, where the backups don't have to make plays. And let's just be honest, Case Keenum not the guy. I mean, this that this offense, I, I get Amari Cooper's performance. And, I mean, against one of the best players in the league at that position, that kind of stuff's going to happen, right? But Case Keenum's play was so horrible, I couldn't watch the game. It was bad. That I mean, offense, it was so bad they had to bring in Davis Mills. Man, it was bad. I just, I was shocked at how horrible it looked. Um, and I know this defense is a top defense, and uh, this defense is going to terrorize whoever they face come playoff time. It's, it's going to be a crazy matchup with whoever gets matched up with Cleveland. Um, Man, a Cleveland-Baltimore matchup in the playoffs, that would It definitely could happen, and and it's funny you bring that up because, again, Adrian and I, we talk about that division a lot. His favorite team, obviously, is the Steelers, so we talk about that black and blue division, and we've talked about it since early in the season, and for whatever reason, it seems as though the Browns just have Lamar Jackson's number. Don't know what it is, but – and then it's also with the Steelers. Maybe it's an interdivisional thing, you know – because obviously you see these guys, you know, twice a year, you know, it's just one of those things where you probably don't want to meet up with the Browns in the playoffs. If I'm Lamar Jackson and Ravens, but 
if you're going to continue with this type of mindset where we don't care who you are, we're going to go out there and beat your ass and, you know, have the sports writer talk about it after the, the, the game's over with, uh-huh. then, and, you know, hey, go do your thing, playboy. But the Browns definitely should concern the Ravens. I know they're not going to say it, but they definitely should. Greg has a great question on YouTube. He says, who do you who do y'all have winning the AFC South when it's all said and done-ish? I'll let you go first. Mm. You know, if CJ Stroud had been in there, I think I was going to go on the limb and say the Texans. But now, who knows what it's like when he gets back. You got two division rivals. I mean, the division is basically going to be won these last two weeks because these teams are playing each other. The Texans are playing Tennessee. They're playing Indianapolis. So it's one of those things where it's like, are they able to pull it off? I think the Jaguar. I got to go with the Jags. I, I picked the Jags at the beginning of the season, and I feel like that's well, not even that you got to stick with it, but I feel like they should win this division. <laughs> like, there's no reason we should still be having this conversation about the Jaguars not winning this division. Especially at week 16 of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that it's coming down to the end. And, I mean, the Jaguars are playing Tennessee in week 18, and they've got Carolina coming up. I think the Carolina one is a win if they played like they're supposed to play. And then the Tennessee one – who knows how Tennessee feels after this game against Houston this week? If Tennessee loses this game against Houston, I mean they're pretty much playing the upset at the at the end point. Um, I mean, Jags. I'm, I'm gonna go with Jags. I, all that to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Jags. I don't want to be an echo right now and repeat pretty much everything you just said, but for the Texans, yes, it everything rests on CJ Stroud's health. If CJ Stroud was still playing. They probably would be leading the division at the moment. The division, I agree. And yeah. the best thing for the Texans on Sunday is that everybody in the FC South lost. That's mm-hmm. the best thing that happened for the Texans is that everybody's still in the same position. So next two weeks, the last two weeks of the season, that's what it comes down to. Like you said, Texans played the Jack, uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, week 18. So maybe that could determine the division if Jacksonville finds a way to mess it up and not uh, win the, their remaining games. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be inter- inter- interesting to see because, again, depending on how C.J. Stroud's health is, it could be maybe Garner Minshew's opportunity to showcase his skill set once again and maybe win the uh, division for the Colts. So um, for me, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars because you've come this far. You have, I feel, as the best, pretty much the best talent They've got the remaining, best team. I think they're the I mean, best team in the AFC South right the, now. The, the better coach, and again, no disrespect to D'Amico Ryan's. It's just Doug Peterson. He's he's been there, done that. He's won a Super Bowl. It's is is no way in hell I can compare yeah. D'Amico Ryan's to Doug Peterson. You got the better quarterback. You got probably the better receiver. I mean, I, I mean, everything is there for the Jacksonville Jaguars to take it. If you don't. Hey, I don't know what to tell you on that one. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It is what point. it is, pretty much, sir. All right, let's go ahead and follow up with the Raiders and the Chiefs. Ish, <laughs> I'll let you start off first. Um, yo, I don't know why we talk about these these false pretenders. As we as we like to say, where I am from, false pretenders stop pretending. Okay. Okay. And the Chiefs okay. are pretending. 
that they all that hoopla on the sideline and everything travis kelsey throwing his helmet and all the you know the, the shouting and the antics going on a couple of weeks ago we had them complain about the refs and all oh, that was a terrible call and stop just stop it y'all fools ain't re- y'all really don't care like that y'all really don't care like that because if you cared like that you wouldn't be putting in some of these performances that you're putting in i understand it's the raiders it's a division game um it's a division matchup it's a team that obviously every time they play the chiefs it's like their freaking super bowl you got an interim coach who's trying to prove that he knows what to do trying to get himself a job like lamar jackson was saying we got grown men out here trying to you know feed their family this man is out here you know fighting to, to have a job and you gotta expect that if you're the chiefs and that game was horrible it was horrible i mean to just summarize how bad the situation is in kansas city they played a whole graphic about how the chiefs were the worst had the worst receiving core in the league most drops in the league immediately following that graphic Travis Kelsey dropped the pass. I mean, you couldn't write it any better. You couldn't write it any better if you was a storyteller. They call that announcer's jinx. I was, I mean, at that point, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, you know what? This is what you get when you take all the praise and all of the accolades and you let it get to your head. Because I think that's exactly what the Chiefs organization has done. And they're going to learn from it this year. I get it. You didn't want to pay Tyreek his money. Cool. Okay. We think we're smart. We're going to make these moves. We're not going to re-sign Juju. Cool. I think we're seeing right now Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. They thought we could do it with anybody. It don't matter who's playing receiver. We go get the concession stand man. He can play receiver for us, and we go win the super, we can win the Super Bowl. It's not true. It's the NFL. One thing for certain: teams are going to watch film and be able to game plan against you. Eventually, the league catches up to you. Okay, all the greats have learned and have experience. Eventually, the league catches up with you. So you have to constantly get better constantly move forward and you do have to have some sort of talent and this receiving core is just not it i'm sorry to say this is the maybe the third fourth week we've been on here and i had to complain about the damn receiving core again the receiving core is not it i'm tired of it dude i don't want to see that i don't even want to see them anymore i don't even want to watch them anymore the receiving core is terrible patrick mahomes making some terrible decisions terrible throws and some of that is that he's not all the way on the same page with the receivers. But again, it goes back to the core that, that the receiving core is terrible. They're trash, man. It's it's the offense is horrible to watch. It's predictable. And when it's not predictable, it's just them doing something that's stupid. So, I mean, what are we asking here? What are we expecting here? Everybody want to talk about the Patrick Mahomes magic. That He definitely ain't got no more magic, okay? Magic done run out. It's run out. 
He ain't got no more magic. You almost put a Max Crosby there. I, I, I did. <laughs> I sure did. If you know, you know. I'll leave that to that. <laughs> um, as much as I do love you ranting about your cheese, I just want to... Uh, yeah, I can rant all day about these fools, so go ahead. I man. do want to uh, mention, just like you said, uh, and just like Greg said, it's just ranch. You know, yeah, I, I do love them as well too, Greg. Um, like you said in the beginning, this was the Raiders Super Bowl. I did state that in the pregame show on Sunday. That's the reason why I picked the Raiders to win the game. It had nothing to do with the Chiefs. It had nothing to do with you know being a bad team, whatever. I just felt as though that the Raiders play the Chiefs hard every time because it's their measuring stick. And a ten and a half point spread for the Chiefs. I just felt that was a little disrespectful to the Raiders. Again, I know the Raiders aren't what they used to be, but like you stated, everything with Antonio Pierce and just this team uh, overall being, you know, looked at as the stepchildren of the AFC West. Um, that's the reason why I took the Raiders in this game. I want to be like you. When it comes to, hey, there's a cause of concern, let's hit the panic button, it's down a third. But I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is Patrick Mahomes' probably worst statistical season, and Baker Mayfield is having a comeback season, and their numbers are almost the same, right? But that just goes to show you how good Patrick Mahomes has been, not just as a quarterback, but also in this in the Chiefs system. And also with Eric Bieniemy, we talked. I talked to you about this in the pregame show or in the, uh, the pre-show before we, we got on here on live. And I was asking you, and I wanted to wait until we got on here. How much of Eric Bieniemy not being there plays a factor into this Chiefs offense-ish? I mean, it's hard to say because it's hard to say how much of the game planning, how much of the play calling, how much of even. And I think one of the things that people took for granted and they didn't consider but i thought about it but it's hard to say how much of it was going on even him being able to be the voice of reason at times with patrick and andy reed when they're in these flows of wanting to do all these ring around the rosy and whatever like i think we're starting to see he may have been preventing some of this nonsense from going on some of the designs and the plays that Andy is out here calling because he thinks he's Mr. Guru man. Airbnb may have been preventing some of this nonsense from being seeing the light of day. Okay. So we do have to give some credit to Airbnb and say, hold on. Maybe you were helping the Chiefs to win these things and you were the cause for this. And you weren't just riding on the coattails of Andy Reid because we see what Andy Reid's doing with as the play caller now, and it is terrible. It, I mean, man, I, you know, I, I just don't like – I think to me it's similar to some of the stuff that happens in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan when he gets a little too cute and they start trying to move Debo all around. And then you, you're thinking about it and you're like, wait, He's already a great athlete. Why we got to do all this extra stuff to try to get him the ball when we could just design the play and just get him the ball and, you know, a, a conventional play? Why are we doing all these? And, um, and unfortunately, when it comes to those two coaches, they unfortunately have an M.O. of coming up short in big games as well. I mean, and it wasn't until Andy really had Patrick Mahomes before he really was able to do it. And again, Airbnb was there. So maybe we need to start having a conversation 
um, like we have with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, mm. A lot to unpack there. Um, I don't want to give up on the Chiefs just yet because of their – Man, you better give up. No, I, I look at them like the Warriors. Until Man, somebody knock better, off the dynasty, yeah. until somebody knock off the dynasty, and and uh, until unless they have, I'm sorry, uh, when they have Patrick, Travis, Chris Jones, they are still a threat. And the you AFC, you only named three people. I did. That's all, that's, that's all they did. <laughs> that's all we got. Three. People. I did. I did. If no three people don't come to play, then we done. We done. You done. You done. Ain't no, ain't no Chad Henney to save y'all this year. Huh? And let me say, I do think. Potentially, the AFC having to go through Baltimore could play in the Chiefs' favor from the standpoint of it may take some pressure off of them. Million percent. Maybe they maybe they start to lie to themselves and believe they're underdogs, yep. and the world is against them, yep. and yep. it's us against the world. And maybe Chief them versus everybody. Maybe just maybe that you know gives I, them I, enough I fire that. to make it through the AFC, right? I can see that. I just don't see it happening. As bad as this receiving core has been, I just don't know if they have enough. I think teams have gotten smarter. They game plan better this year against the Chiefs, and I think they're making the Chiefs work a lot harder than they ever have to win these games, and that's where we're seeing them fall short. I want to say this before we uh, get done with this topic. Like you talked about with Travis Kelsey, his antics, throwing the helmet down, we've played football a very, very long time. And we was known from Pee, you know, from Pee Wee League, the middle school, the high school. You only get one helmet, okay? You might be able to get multiple cleats, socks, pants, jerseys, whatever. You only get one helmet for the whole season. You think you you think you're gonna throw your helmet and break that mug if you want to? Okay. You saw right. Andy Reid have to give him a little bump. Yep. Like, Listen, fool, mm-hmm. come on now, don't be throwing the helmet around on mm-hmm. the, the side. She's got millions and billions of dollars. Of course, they can replace the helmet. That's chump change to them, but. Is one of those things where, and and Travis should know this by now because he's been in the league long enough. You're a role model, and as much as you don't want, even if you don't want to be a role model, I'm just talking about being a professional football role model for a young kid. I ain't talking about what they do off all, outside of football. I'm talking about the way you play the game. These young kids, unfortunately, are going to watch you. They're going to watch these guys gritty. They're going to watch these guys do the celebrations. They're also going to watch the stuff you do on the sideline. They feel as though, oh, Travis Kelsey was able to do it. Why can't I do it? <laughs> that's that's the only you know thing I got to say on that one. But, again, we'll see how this all plays out. All right, let's wrap it up tonight with the current playoff standings. Let's wrap it up with the starting off with the AFC at the moment. Number one seed would be the Ravens. Number two seed would be the Dolphins. Number three, the Chiefs. Number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number five, the Browns. Number six, the Bills are number seven. The Colts will get to the NFC right quick. Number one, the 49ers. Number two, the Eagles. Number three, the Lions. Number four, the Buccaneers. Number five, the Cowboys. Six seed are the Rams. And number seven, sneaking in there, are the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk briefly about the AFC. We'll go to the NFC, and we'll get on out of here for tonight-ish. If the playoffs were to start today, do you see – Besides the Browns, can you see a team like the Bills or the Colts finding a way to upset the two or three seed? 
Oh, 100%. The Bills and the Chiefs. That Bills-Chiefs game, if the playoffs were to start today, I would be picking the Bills to win that game. Mm. Even in Kansas City, in the Kansas Bills City. Know they can go there. They can win those games. Yep. Josh Allen right now has been playing like a man lights on a mission, lights out. Um, and like I said, they've played them so many times in the playoffs. It's not – and they've gone to Arrowhead so many yep, times yep. now. That's not – it. it is similar to what we said about Lambo back yep. when people started yep. winning the Lambo. Like, come on, that mystique is gone, bro. Yep. I know that it could be loud. I know it's a little bit unsettling, but I definitely could see Buffalo go in there, beat Kansas City. I could also see the Browns. I'll be picking the Browns over the Jaguars. Oh, easily. Yeah, so, I'm not even going to entertain I mean, that one. Those two easily <laughs> done. Now, the interesting thing would be if the Texans could somehow sneak Ooh. into seven. Ooh. I think the Texans could beat the Dolphins. Oh, some bold words. I, I think with CJ Stroud, the Texans could beat the Dolphins. We might have to, we we might have to come back on this episode, revisit this episode in three weeks. I'm just saying, if the Texans could sneak in there, the Texans are a team that have the potential that they could beat the Dolphins. I know Amari Kruger just went crazy on them. And to say that with a, when they got a guy like Tyreek Hill, it's like, come on now. Really? Now, are, are you Why saying this? Are you saying it's because of the pickup that the Texans made today, getting Kareem Jackson back? And is, is Kareem Jackson going to help his slow down? With with the system, um, with Houston, he could help them a lot. Like he could definitely step in and, and make some plays for them. Um, but I just think that they have, or they're building the same attitude that San Francisco has, and that we've always talked about where they just somehow always come and they give people a good game other than this this Cleveland game this past week, which we already alluded to. They had a lot of injuries and everything like that. But, I mean, they got time, and, yes, they're playing division rivals, but they could potentially hit the playoffs feeling a little bit better about themselves and really on a mission because you got to remember – this team wasn't even expected to be in the conversation. So for them to be there, I think D'Amico Ryan is not the kind of guy that his team gets there. They get in on a, in that last spot and they're just happy to be there. I think he's the kind of guy that he prepares them to go out there and make a statement and make an upset. Like we always talked about San Francisco when they were hurt a couple years ago and they weren't necessarily competing to be in the playoffs, but somehow – Every time they played people, playoff teams, they were beating them or they were in the game and making it a real tough game. I think they're going to have the same mentality. They went to Dallas, was able to upset Dallas and Dallas as well. Yep. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I do agree with the mindset of D'Amico Ryans being in that San Francisco organization. We've talked about it since day one with the Texans, since he's gotten here in Houston, that he's going to bring all of that. And he has done that since he's been here in Houston. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with the NFC. Uh, like I stated before, you got the 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Rams, and Seahawks-ish. If it's not the 49ers going to the Super Bowl, who would it be at this moment? Mm. Just make you think, huh? Make you think a little bit, huh? I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles are still that team that we thought they were. I know at least defensively they are. Um, How much offensively are they shaking? Uh, I don't know. Mainly talking about Jalen Hurts. How how much is he shaking? I mean, he did throw that. He threw you know some bad balls against New York. They were able to squeak out that game, but um, there were some mistakes still there. There's some shakiness still there. 
Um, but they do have the freak that is AJ Brown on that team. They got Devontae Smith. Um, they've got pieces around him to make plays. And I think with that defense, we always talk about it. Defense at this time of year, it comes in clutch. And I think the Cowboys are there as long as they don't choke it away. That I mean, the Cowboys, I think, to me, are an X factor. Because if the Cowboys play the way that we expect them to play or we we think their potential should allow them to play, I think the Cowboys could run through the NFC and win the I NFC. Agree. I agree. But it's just like that. We don't know what version we're going to get. Doctor, like what version we're going to get. Uh, it what, that for you. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde looking ass. Like, that's really what it comes down to with the Cowboys. Like, we just don't know what version we're going to get from you guys. I, I, I think the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl this year. That's how talented I think that they really are. Um, but unfortunately, they just they just get in their own way. Yep. And it's them, it's it's the Bills, it's the Dolphins, it's um I mean again, it's a couple other teams I can name, but until y'all go out there and prove it to us, show us why would we think that the Cowboys are gonna find a way to make it happen this year? So, with that being said, this is week 16 recap. Week 17 pregame. Look, we're, all, we're almost there, guys. We wow. are almost done with this regular season. Week week 17 pregame show will be here on Sunday here at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, 10 o'clock Central time. My apologies. 11 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we'll be back, of course, once again on Tuesday of next week. To recap week 17. Um, guys, hold on to y'all seats. It, it is going to be a fun ride in the next two weeks of football. It is it's playoff season, baby. It's December football, get it going into January, and this is when the stars are supposed to shine. So we'll see how everything plays out. We appreciate y'all as always for tuning in to X Talking Ish. We will see y'all on Sunday morning here to preview week 17 of the NFL season. Thank y'all very much. Have a great rest of your night. See you next time.